Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. Today, I'm speaking with Chris Reynolds. Chris joined American Farmland Trust in January 2017 as the Natural Resource Conservationist. Today, he is the Midwest District Director. He has worked with local farmers and landowners to develop conservation plans on their land and also spent time as a cover crop specialist with the Illinois Council on Best Management Practices, promoting, educating, and advising on cover crop usage across the state. Chris is a certified crop advisor with the American Society of Agronomy and also holds specialty certification from ASA as a 4R nutrient management specialist and sustainability specialist. So as you've heard, Chris is an expert in his field and would like to share his insights with our listeners on planting fall cover crops in relation to soybeans. What benefits do growers get for planting cover crops after corn and or soybeans? Well, cover crops can have multiple benefits um, for growers uh, before corn or before soybeans. And it's important to try to align your goals that you hope to accomplish with your cover crops um, you know, with those benefits that each individual species of cover crops may provide uh, for you in your operation. Um, but some of those benefits, to get a little more specific, you know, nutrient scavenging, um, erosion control is another big one, uh, weed suppression, weed control in the fall as well as in the spring and, and possibly throughout the growing season of your corn and soybeans. Um, but also just as we look at, you know, building the quality of our soil and improving the health of our soil, um, adding more diversity into our operations um, also has a big impact on on how that soil improves as time goes on. It also has a big impact on the biology and improving the, the biology in the soil. And we know that as we increase the diversity above the ground by adding additional plant species, we can also increase the diversity in the soil with our uh, microorganisms and every and all of our uh, biology that's taking place in the soil. Great. So for our area, what would you say are the best species to plant after soybeans and or corn? So after corn, um, if a crop is going into soybeans, I think the, you know, the most widely used cover crop is probably cereal rye. Um, seems to have really good benefits. It's easy to establish um, ahead of soybeans uh, when going into corn stalks. Um, provides excellent erosion control, nutrient scavenging, um, and like I said, it's easy to plant. And also the time frame for, or the the window, the planting window for cereal rye is much wider than most of our other cover crop species. Um, it gets a little more complicated when we go ahead of ahead of corn or after soybeans. And in a lot of cases, that's where we need more of our erosion control is on that um, residue-sensitive um, crop of soybeans afterwards where uh, soybean stubble doesn't provide us with as much protection of the soil surface as does um, corn stalk residue. Um, so it does get a little more complicated when we think about planting a cover crop ahead of corn. So we have to start to think about, you know, is that cover crop going to tie up nitrogen? And um, is my is my corn seedling, as it starts to develop, going to be deficient of nitrogen? And we certainly don't want that to happen. So we have to think about utilizing cover crop species that 
that aren't going to um, tie up that nitrogen early in the growing season. Um, so oats, for example, can be used. Um, it's going to uh, spring oats would winter terminate um, probably sometime in, in December or possibly January, depending on the on the fall and the winter early winter season. Um, the grower would not have to worry about uh, having to terminate those oats the following spring. Um, there would not be any nitrogen tied up uh, going into the corn planting season. Um, however, they don't provide us with um, continued um, protection of the soil throughout the entire winter. Um, so if we also have to go back and think about what our goals are. And if our goals are for soil erosion control, um, then we might want to use something that doesn't winter terminate. Um, so we can, you know, we do have some growers that are using some of other grasses, the, you know, the cereal rye, the other small grains like wheat. Uh, but in doing so ahead of corn, we want to make sure that we terminate that early uh, before it starts to tie up too much of our nitrogen. Of course, it's always good to use as many species of cover crops as we can, whether we're talking about going ahead of corn or going ahead of soybeans. Uh, but we also have to take into consideration the timing of that planting. So radishes are a great additive for any mix. Um, so is rapeseed. Um, so is a lot of our clovers. But we also have to be very sensitive about when we're planting those. And as we get into the last latter half of September and in October in some parts of Illinois that becomes um, a little too late to to have those in our mix um, but you just need to be aware of, of the planting dates uh, for a lot of those cover crops mm-hmm. yeah that's great you, you started to talk a little bit about the timeline for cover crops share a bit more on that when do growers need to start thinking about planting their cover crops and maybe some strategies they can follow to get those cover crops in earlier? You know, I always tell growers that the best time to start thinking about cover crops is, is in the spring ahead of corn or soybean planting uh, because you need to take a lot of things into consideration. Um, you know, what varieties of soybeans you're planting. Uh, maybe you choose an earlier variety of soybean so that you can get your cover crop established earlier in the spring. So maybe you're looking at that you know, late group two, early group three soybean variety um, on those fields that you're wanting to establish cover crops. Um, Also, we have to take into consideration um, chemicals, what chemicals we're using, and the potential for any chemical carryover in the fall as well. If we have um, late application of some chemicals um, and we have a dry summer, we, we have the potential for chemical carryover that could ultimately affect the germination and or growth of our cover crop in the fall. So I like to start thinking about things in the spring, you know, know where we're going to be planting these cover crops, um, plant a corn or soybean variety that's going to uh, be earlier maturing so that we can get a head start on planting in the fall. Uh, when we look at a lot of our cover crop species um, in central to northern Illinois, uh, when we get past September 15th, September 20th, depending on where we are in the state, um, radishes, annual ryegrass, um, and some of our and our clovers, um, that tends to be the cutoff date that I use for getting those 
cover crop species established. And it's not that we can't get them to come up in a lot of cases. And in some falls, we may have really good growing weather and it will work. But it's just uh, I'm trying to get enough growth on them before it gets cool um, so that they will um, have benefits for us out there. And they will accomplish those goals that we're trying to meet in planting those cover crop species. Um, So we will look at... Everything besides cereal rye and wheat and and some growers that are now using barley, um, most everything has to be planted in in that September time frame. Um, Spring oats, we can certainly uh, plant those the first week of October and have good success, but mid-September is is more of an ideal date. Um, Now, when we start to talk about cereal rye and, and barley, and wheat potentially used as cover crops ahead of soybeans. Um, Any time in the month of October is typically a good time to plant those. And I, I've even worked with growers that have planted cereal rye in November, and even throughout the throughout the winter months. And you're not going to get a whole lot of erosion control benefits from that because it's not going to get a whole lot of growth on it. But cereal rye is very winter hardy, and it does germinate at a very low temperature. So a lot of cases it'll germinate and it'll just sit there throughout the winter. Um, in some cases it may be putting down root growth and when the spring starts to warm up, um, that cereal rye will, will certainly take off and, um, and still provide us with a lot of nutrient scavenging benefits, help reduce the amount of nitrates that are, that are uh, being lost through some of our systems as well and provide those with provide those nutrients for the next growing crop. Yeah, that's great. Any thoughts or comments on the best methods for seeding? So there are a lot of different methods uh, for seeding cover crops. And again, we have to look at timing. And and if if harvest is going to be later, we may want to look at aerial application of cover crops. Um, That can be very beneficial depending on the weather. We also want to take into account, you know, what the soil conditions are. Is there enough moisture there? Um, but it does provide us with a, a much bigger window of planting opportunities when we look at aerial application. Aerial application will typically, um, you will need to increase your seeding rates with aerial application, but it can be very successful and, and, is, and is a great option for a lot of our cover crops, getting them on into standing soybeans as well as standing corn. Other options are broadcast seeding and then running light vertical tillage equipment um, over that over those acres. That is a way that many producers have found to um, get over a lot of acres very quickly. They can also um, add fertilizer to that mix as well and be able to incorporate that fertilizer. And in a lot of cases, not doing a whole lot more soil disturbance than a than a drill with a culture caddy. Um, so that has been that has worked very well for a lot of producers. Um, being able to go out there after harvest, broadcast that cover crop seed, and and work it in ever so lightly, still provides a lot of residue coverage and a great way to get good seed to soil contact with that cover crop seed. Um, the other method, of course, would just be, you know, drilling or air seeding. Um, with that method, you can um, decrease your seeding rates because you have 
the best seed to soil contact that you could possibly get in doing a fall seeding of cover crops. Um, it does take a little more time and a little more equipment cost, um, but it's all what, what works best for each producer and finding a way for them to incorporate uh, cover crops into their operation uh, from both a time standpoint as well as an economic standpoint and figuring out what will work best for them in their operation with the amount of equipment they have available to them, the time, the man hours that are needed to get these cover crops established, and ultimately, you know, what are, what their goal is for um, for planting cover crops. Great. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you any additional information that you want to share with growers who are either currently planting cover crops or considering it for next year's season as they move through winter and into spring planning? Yeah, so I think, you know, um, we still have a, a great window of opportunity this fall to get cover crops established on our on our corn and soybean acres. You know, working with working with your farm advisors, um, you know, to find a good seed supply is, is essential. Um, also working with them on rates and, and the seeding dates is, is very important as well. Um, cover crop seed supply in some areas has, uh, has become an issue this fall. And so there may be something like cereal rye that you're not able to get this fall. Um, you know, talk with your farm advisor, see if there are some other options out there, what else might be available that is uh, economically feasible to, to do to get cover crops out there on the land to help you meet your goals. Um, you know, I think it's, it's been a great fall so far, and it allows us with a great opportunity to get cover crops established. And once we, once we are successful in getting those cover crops established this fall, then I think we have to turn our attention to um, how we are going to terminate those this spring. So, you know, as as we go into winter, we need to be thinking about um, how we're going to terminate those cover crops in the spring and taking into consideration, you know, what our goals are. And if it's something like weed control, then maybe we want to let that um, cover crop grow a little bit longer in the season to provide additional biomass to um, suppress weeds throughout the growing season. If we're planting something that has the potential to tie up nitrogen in the spring, then maybe we need to be looking closer at uh, an early termination. And we need to have a plan A and also a plan B for how we're going to terminate those cover crops and when. And following those steps will uh, ultimately um increase your chances of being successful with cover crops growing going into the 2019 crops year crop year great thank you for talking with us today chris again that was chris reynolds cca soy envoy sharing his insights on planting fall cover crops if you're interested in this topic and many more soybean management resources you can visit www.illsoyadvisor.com That's www.ilsoyadvisor.com to learn more. Thanks, and we hope you join us next time.